sometimes, if not all the time, you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. I know some of you have heard that, if not all of you have heard that saying, that it's not that you're not afraid to do something, it's that what if you don't do it? How will you feel? You know, regret is more worrisome than the fear itself. It's almost like if you're fearing, you're putting, well, definitely, if you're fearing, then you're putting a barrier in front of you. Imagine if you just did it, what the outcome would be. Sometimes we as people have gone through situations where we feel we have to protect ourselves, and sometimes that protection holds us back from experiencing the most out of life. So in today's episode called How to Overcome Fear, we are going to be talking about how to overcome fear, what steps you can take, where fear stems from, um, why regret is worse than fear, and how you can do your purpose, whatever you intend to do in life without feeling that fear, um, the difference between being fearful and just not being guided to do something. We're going to be talking about all of that in today's episode, but first, here's the intro. It's Avi, bitch. Welcome to the Avi Unfiltered Podcast with your fabulous, blunt, I'll never give a fuck host, Avishai L, national best-selling author of The Power of Why book, holistic health coach, certified raw food educator, and spiritual healer, teaching women, professional and entrepreneurial, how to get rid of stress through nutrition and lifestyle in 90 days, utilizing my six-step eat stress away method. Now, if you heard holistic health and you think you're going to hear about blueberries and eat those sides and shit well you'll hear about that too but let's face it sesquiterpenes and vetiver essential oil and cedarwood or the anti-helicobacter and sulforaphane compounds and broccoli are not the only things that are going to help you deal with your shitty ass boss at work your stressful life and or underlying traumas so we are going to tackle it all you will be immersed in the mental physical emotional and spiritual aspects of life discover how to deal with personal interdependent and interpersonal relationships of all kinds let's make crazy look sane every fucking tuesday yay and throw them smoothies and green juices back one time Make sure you are subscribed to the Avian Filtered podcast and that you leave a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. Of course, it should be five stars. And yes, I am happily biased <laughs> when it comes to the show. <laughs> I appreciate everyone for listening in every single Tuesday and just being supportive of the show. Um, I wanted to mention that all of the programs that I offer and I know people have been purchasing supplements from Dr. Furman off of my site because I am an affiliate. So all of that is going to be in the show notes as well as some free resources that you can take away from this. I know people are asking me questions about how to protect their energy and things of that nature. So you can get all of that in my resources section. But without further ado, let's dive in. So this episode called how to overcome fear is very near and dear because I see so many people that have, and I hate this word. I used to hate when teachers would say this, 
You have so much potential. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Because it's like when you hear potential, it's something that it's like you're not there yet. It's like, but they don't give you the tools on how you can actually get there to reach your even full potential. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's either potential or it's not to reach actualization. Like you're stepping in to your purpose. And so even though I don't like this word so much in certain contexts, in this context, it's beneficial. So I see people who have the potential to um, go after their purpose, to go after their dreams, whether that's with losing weight, whether that's getting rid of stress. There's been people I've come across who I can absolutely help, but if you're not willing to help yourself due to the fact that you're perfectionist or, you know, you were always... I don't know. You were always taught to be a certain way. And when you don't accomplish certain things, you kind of become fearful. And I'll give you a little bit of background on that. So I've come across many people who have the potential to overhaul their life, but they keep themselves stuck. Yeah, I've seen people where I'm like, if you tweaked your diet, you wouldn't be bloated anymore. I've even offered to some people, this was like in the past, I offered to, it was a popular fitness person actually, and she was showing, and I messaged her too, and she was showing how, um, how long ago was this? It was like five years ago. She was showing, oh my God, my stomach's bloated again. She's from Australia. She was like, my stomach's bloated again, and <laughs> that's my best Australian accent. And I gave her some solutions and I was like, you know, I think it could be the, you know, she was saying it was the white rice and I was like, well, stop eating the white rice and do this and do that. And she didn't read it. She didn't respond. It was like people, she ended up eating it again. So she, because she was in love with the rice and didn't want to give it up. And I'm not saying she was fearful, but she didn't want to go further. And that's a lot of times that's what fear really is. It's it's what stops you from going further. So what stopped her from going further was the fact that she didn't want to give up rice. And when it comes to fear, many people don't want to give up something because you're fearful. So back to the perfectionism that I briefly um, inserted into the beginning of this episode, I've come across uh, people, and myself included, you know, I've dealt with perfectionism and, and things of that nature. And honestly, perfectionism, when, it, when I've come across clients, when I've come across people, perfectionism is a fear of failure. You don't want to fear, you don't want to fail. And that's what ends up happening when you are a perfectionist. You fear failing. For instance, if you, let's say someone presents you a coaching program, like I have my coaching program and I've come across people, people will have a tendency to say, I'm not ready. And they, they're telling the truth, but they're also holding themselves back. Because by you saying you're not ready, it's like, okay, you know that you're overweight, you know that you're stressed, you know that you're depressed, you know that you're anxious, 
you know that doing this program could completely change your life. So when you say you're not ready, who is keeping you from being ready besides yourself? And that's where that perfectionistic, fearful mindset comes in because along with I'm not ready comes, well, I probably will not do good at this. It's because I'm not organized. You know, a lot of people don't do programs because they're not organized. And I've heard this. People have told me, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm not organized. And I'm like, okay. So because you're not organized, you think you're not going to stay on track. Okay. That's fixable though. So it goes even deeper. It goes even deeper than that. Another scenario in terms of the perfectionism mindset and not, you know, wanting to join a program is not trusting. So there, again, you fear your your own self because if you can't trust yourself, who really can you trust, right? So there's a fear of trust. There's a fear of trust on your end because you're fearing that you're not going to do well. Maybe you've tried other programs that have really severely traumatized you and you've been promised that you were going to lose 10 pounds in like two weeks and you didn't. And then here comes the self-loathing and the limiting beliefs that something's wrong with your body and you just can't do it. So now you have a fear of eating healthy. You have a fear of joining a program. And now here comes the fear of investing. You see, and it all stems from that perfectionistic fear. You know, it's that fear of investing too, because you don't want to invest in your failure, right? Especially if you've supposedly have been unsuccessful in a program years ago. So hopefully this is this is making sense. It's making sense to me, but hopefully it makes sense to you. So people tend to hold themselves back from all of these things in when it comes to this, this is not, I'm just using a program as an example because I'm a health coach, but when it comes to, you know, joining a program, what can take the ease, um, or bring the ease in your life and take the fear out is actually having a consultation with that health coach and saying, and sharing, listen, I've tried like five other programs and I've been unsuccessful and a, a, a professional holistic health coach is going to want to get to the root of that, those particular issues with you and say, okay, what happened in the first, you know, first program. So if you came to me and were like, well, I didn't lose weight in the first program that I tried, I might then ask you, what diet did they have you on? What were you eating? I might say, did you track your meals? I might say, how did you feel after you ate certain meals? Because there could be a variety of things. It could be that you were eating certain foods that your body wasn't digesting. It could be that they had you on a Weight Watchers diet and you're just eating a bunch of crap and therefore, you know, your body was breaking down and again, not digesting and maybe you were holding on to weight and maybe you gained more weight than before because you're on a calorie restrictive diet. Um, another thing could be maybe you were eating all the right foods, but not the right foods for your body. So maybe you had, you know, sensitivities or allergies and things of that nature, which I've gone through personally, and it's a pain in the fucking ass to go through. So there's a variety of things. So now you're dealing with a health coach who can take the ease. I mean, I keep saying that, take the pain away from you and bring ease into your life because it's like, oh my God, maybe that was why you you solved my problem. So now you get to build a relationship with that person and you begin to build trust with them. 
and also trust with yourself because if they give you a free consultation, they're going to also give you action items to see if you're ready for that kind of program, if you're actually going to do them. Um, and then they can, you know, go over questions with you like, oh, I have a question on this. I tried eating this and this is what happens. So now you can target the problems early before you start the program so that when you do invest in a 3,500, you know, program, as any health coaching program should be, if it's for 12 weeks and it has all the components that it should have, like, you know, my program does that when they do present that to you, it's like, okay, I can do this. So you have the I can versus I can't. And this is, it's almost like, because my thinking when I come across people like that is like, why is it difficult to invest in your health? Like, I don't understand it. I used to invest in retreats. I invest in becoming a holistic health coach because I wanted answers for health. So when people are like, when people won't even invest a hundred into their health, I'm like, there's something wrong here. And a lot of it stems from fear. It stems from fear of failing, fear of being disappointed. Once again, maybe they've been through a lot of disappointment. So it always goes deeper. And so that's what I discovered. I was like, it should be a no brainer to invest in your health. What's the holdback? I just, I don't understand it. Until I speak to people and hear all of the things that they've tried and all the things that they've done and I can understand it at a deeper level. However, what I want you to do today is if you struggle with investing in yourself, and this has nothing to do with my program, if you struggle with investing in yourself, no matter what that is, whether it's your talent, whether it's your purpose, whether it's the food you eat, healthy food. I see people saying that organic food is expensive and I'm like, it's really not. It's really your mindset that needs to change and shift. Um, you have to figure, what I want you to do is really sit there and figure out the root of the fear. And that's what I'm going to help you do. So what I want you to do right now is discover, go back Take a seat, do some three diaphragmatic breaths, okay? Sit down, do three diaphragmatic breaths and see when did you feel most comfortable and when did that fear occur, okay? So take a moment to do that. And then the four-step method that I usually give for stress, I want you to utilize it for fear. I want you to, whatever comes to mind when you hear fear, I want you to write it down. So do like a brain dump and then do a bulleted list. From that bulleted list, circle all of your fears. Just do like a three to five bulleted point list, okay? Circle all your fears. And then I want you to eliminate those fears step by step. Don't go fast. You don't have to go fast, but do it step by step. Take it day by day, one at a time, okay? So that's what I want you to do. Um, and that should help you to begin to overcome fear. Now, how to overcome the fear of what people think of you. So funny story. And my mom has actually been on this podcast before, but I never really had the luxury to give a fuck what people thought. And here's why. My mom, I've always looked at her as a very strong person, and she's always motivated me to be the best I could possibly be. 
Um, she also has placements in her chart as well as mine um, to where you just stand out and you have, you know, certain placements that just make you really bold and confident and want to excel in life. My mom has always been a go-getter. She's been a single mom. She's she's gone and got it. So she raised me uh, pretty much the same the same way, you know, to take care of myself, to be independent. Obviously, obviously, everyone needs help. She she never says that you should do everything by yourself, but she raised just in case, you know, just in case, you know, you she raised me a certain way. As a child, she used to be the Sunday school teacher. And so she would write plays for us and we would do theater. We would sing at church and church and other people's churches. So I was always in the forefront along with my cousins and we were always singing. And then I picked up violin at age nine. So from age five, I was singing solos in church and she really encouraged me to do that. And around age nine is when I started to play violin. So I was always in the forefront. I really didn't have time to think about what people may think until, and that's why I said um, for you to look and see when you became kind of like uh, fearful or whatever. I think I started to care a bit once I got my period, which was at age 10. I was very early. And I noticed something like my hormones were out of whack. I went from being very out in the open to noticing that people were, especially in my school, people were very cliquish and I was like, oh my God, I don't fit into any of these cliques. And the reason being, I was over my aunt's house a lot. She stayed at Harford. My school was in Newington as well as the apartment that I stayed in with my mom was at Newington. So I was very disconnected from the Newington world because I was always around my cousins and over my aunt's house um, who used to stay at the North end of Harford. And so to me, you know, I didn't have time to build a bond with literally anyone. And I've always wanted to go to school with my cousins. I never wanted to go to any of the Newington schools because people didn't really get me. It was more suburban and the people just, I just had a different upbringing and a different attitude and a different mindset. I've seen different things and they've seen, and my life was just pretty different from theirs. You know, my mom grew up at Hartford. She grew up at Bellevue Square. So everybody was raised differently. She wanted to give me a better life in terms of schooling and housing because she's seen a lot where she's from. So that's where I was raised pretty much and went to school there but I never built a bond with people there because I was always over my aunts like throughout the summer and I was constantly going back and forth whether to my aunt's house or my grandmother's house at Manchester and so I get to school and it's very cliquish and I that's when I started to develop uh, low self-esteem, depression. I was telling my mom at like age 13, I was like, I don't really want to go to school. I was limiting my food because I felt that was the only thing I could control. I was kind of borderline anorexic at this point, didn't want to eat really. Um, I sat by myself during that time. And that's when I started to kind of care what people thought of me. I kind of wanted to dress similar to them. I think the big thing was like Weathervane and American Eagle at the school I was going to. So I would beg her to go to Weathervane. I was like, we got to go to Weathervane because I'm like, maybe if I change my outfit that I fit in, 
And I still didn't. I was big breasted too. And the bra that I wore, I never had the right size. So I was just, I had glasses. I was a little chunky. I had big boobs and nothing flattered me at that time. And I was in orchestra. So I was practically like nerdy, nerdy at this point. So I just never really fit in. So at that age, I, I cared what people thought. And then something clicked when I got to high school. I was like, wow, when I get to high school, which was like a year later, I completely changed. I got contacts. I separated myself from all people. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in not even wanting to fit in and focus on my studies. And that's exactly what I did. And I started to... Um, I started to get to know other people and get to talk to other people there. I focused on, I, I, I was more social because I had no expectations from anybody. I was like, I'm going to wear what I want. I'm going to do what I want. And I fell in love with being different. It's like something just clicked in me. I had time to be away from people. I had time to have fun I had time to rebuild my life. I was like, well, in in high school, there's so many different people. So I embraced getting to know different people. I would talk to people I barely knew. And I was just a completely different person, a much healthier person when I was 14. So that's where the fear of what people thought started. But I was able to remedy that when I was, like I said, 14. But some people carry this along with them when they're older and there's nothing wrong with you. But like I said, you have to pinpoint where that started. See, for me, it started because I didn't fit in and everybody was cliquish and I didn't have the same clothes and all of this stuff. So you have to go back and see, hmm, when did this start? Because that'll propel you forward because you'll know what caused you to care and what you're not going to care about anymore. So let's say, for instance, you went to a school where people, you know, called you names and they bullied you and you still carry that with you. You know, see why that still bothers you till this day. See if what they said is true for you. You know, you want to write this down. Is what they're saying true? Or do did you think at that time you they were superior to you? See, that's why I say healing the inner child is truly important because sometimes you become an adult and you don't really deal with your childhood issues. So you end up taking them with you rather than saying and that's what I did. I dealt with the child as a child and that's fine if you're dealing with the child as an adult because there's some issues that I still had that I had to deal with childhood issues as an adult. So everyone's different and that's fine. So hopefully this episode is causing you to deal with that inner child. So maybe your inner child as an adult feels like people who wear certain clothes or who um, have certain amount of funds are superior to you because you were taught at an early age that they were superior, you know, whereas if you remedied that when you were younger, maybe you wouldn't have felt that way, but it's okay to remedy it as an adult. I don't want you to feel like, oh my God, if only, if only don't let that regret build up because everything is meant to happen. Everything was meant to happen. It's the right time for you to do that now. So never have regrets of anything. And we're going to get into regret as well. So how to overcome the fear of what people think is definitely you want to first target the root of it. 
and see, okay, well, it was bullying. Okay, cool. Well, not cool that they bullied you, but it's cool that you finally figured out what the reason was. I want you to write down how it made you feel when you were bullied. Um, how do you feel as an adult now? What do you not do because you were bullied? What do you not do because of what, if you weren't bullied, any scenario, what do you not do because of what people said to you? What's holding you back? And then in another column, so that'll be on the left-hand column. On another column, you want to say, this is what I would do if I wasn't bullied. This is what I would do if I didn't feel that way. And what I want you to do is day by day, implement what you put on the other column because you're in the present tense. And so you might still be like, oh my God, that's still scary, right? It's still scary. And this is when nutrition plays a role in how fearful you are. Because when you lack certain nutrients, you're more likely to feel nervousness because your neurological system, the communication between your gut and your brain is impacted when you're not giving your your brain those omega-3s, you know, so you're getting more inflammation, omega-3s and omega-6s. When you eat junk food, which causes inflammation, that greatly impacts your brain. That can cause you to feel anxious. You know, schizophrenia and bipolar are due to chronic inflammation. So if you're eating inflammatory forming foods, such as dairy, gluten, wheat, sugar, and other foods that you may or may not be intolerant to, you're going to feel fearful of things that you may not even fear if you were to eat more plant-based foods, nutrient-dense foods, foods high in water content, foods high in magnesium, because magnesium relaxes you and calms you down. And this is why I say you live in your body when someone does something to you, it takes you out of your body. You ever see someone who gets you really, really pissed and you react versus respond? See, nutrition, getting to the root, nutrition plays a role, and then balancing your root chakra also. You know, your root chakra is your, it's like the trunk of a tree, it's the bottom, it's the roots, imagine a root, roots of a tree and what correlates with that. You ever hear when people say, I have a nervous stomach? If you're eating foods that contribute to that, you're going to continuously have a nervous stomach. If you eat foods that support, you know, balancing and grounding and like I said, vitamin B, uh, magnesium, vitamin A, vitamin C, Vitamin K, which is, you know, leafy greens, they cleanse the blood, they cleanse your lymphatic system. A lot of fruits are great for that. Citrus, um, essential oils high in sesquiterpenes, essential oils high in monoterpenes as well. You know, the sesquiterpenes, they relax you. The monoterpenes, they boost your mood. Those are like the citrus, the lemon, the lime, and then you have your cedarwood and vetiver and... Um, other ones, I also heard limonene, so you want to look into that chemical constituent, limonene chemical compound, whatever you want to call it, um, that is great for also settling, settling you. So that's what I mean by your root chakra, 
you you feel balanced and you feel settled. Um, also going, like I said, going back and that's getting to the root of it is balancing your, is going to balance your root chakra because you're going to feel whole again. You're going to relinquish that power that someone had over you. And that's what you're doing essentially is relinquishing the power and the control that someone has over you. See, a lot of us develop this fear and that fear holds you back because someone said you couldn't or someone put you down but what would happen if you actually didn't listen to that person and that person became obsolete in your memory? And this is why I say chakras are memories. You know, they hold memories within a circle. I always picture like a house and like a circle, a circle with a house in it. What What is in your first house, that root chakra? This also can correlate with astrology as well. You want to see, you know, that's that's another another topic for another time. Um, but it's great to get to know yourself. You know, I learned my astrology and once I got to know myself and how I function, it made me even more confident in in myself and in, in my abilities. It allowed me to knowing my purpose. And so I highly recommend you get to the root, you focus in on your nutrition, making sure you're eating foods that support, um, support relaxation, a lot of times I remember when I was in school and I would hear that people were like, yeah, I take beta blockers to perform. And they offered me that. And I was like, I don't want to do that because it was a prescription. But there are natural beta blockers. You know, there's there's I mean, you have essential oils. There's also natural herbs that are beta blockers that cause you to feel balanced and relaxed. And all it takes to not give a fuck what people think is for you to feel balanced and relaxed within yourself. And this is why I'm stressing for you Two, you have to sometimes you or all the time tune the negativity out and focus on the positivity. Like imagine literally cutting off the negative part of your brain. Like you can even do a visualization of this where you have half of your brain and half of your brain is positive. It only says positive things. It only says, I can do this. I will do this. This is great. And I'm going to even take this for myself because sometimes, you know, we can get off kilter sometimes. Sometimes people irritate the fuck out of you and you're just like, you get into that angry mindset. But try to refocus your attention and, like I said, do the visualization. Cut your your brain in half. You have half a head now, okay? And in that half is just positivity. I will accomplish this. I will get this done. This is amazing. I am, I am positive. I am focused on this. I'm a badass bitch. I'm a badass empress. <laughs> I fuck shit up on the daily. You know, I get shit done. This is what you say. You tune out, I don't know, Bobby Black Socks from fourth grade that said you look like a pickle. Like, I don't know what people said. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck people have said to people. Or Susie, Susie Unibrow from like fourth grade who said you looked like shit because she, her, maybe her parents made her feel like shit. You got to understand too, when people were children, they were just that. They were children themselves who probably had trouble at home. And because you're probably empathic too, because I do deal with a lot of empathic women, you probably absorbed 
what they were dealing with because kids, all children know how to do is project at that age, you know? And, and meanwhile, because you didn't deal with it, you're taking it as an adult, put it in perspective and say, you know what? They were kids too. They were children as well who probably were having issues up the yin yang with themselves and they used me as their projection. So now you have to release that from yourself. Okay. You have to relinquish their control and power over your life. And you have to rebuild your life through those visualizations, through meditation, through positive affirmations, through you just speaking life unto yourself through you focusing on the positivity that you bring and not focusing on having a state and focus on having a stable foundation within yourself, knowing that, you know, that, you know, that you are the shit, like I said, so you have to know that. So that is another example of being fearful. That's fearing what people think. I think regret is worse than fear because although I know everything is meant to be, and don't worry, I'm not contradicting. Everything is meant to be and everything happens for a reason. When you don't surrender to your navigation, and this brings me to astrology again, and this is for people who believe in astrology, obviously. When you kind of veer off the path, because I've done that. I've done that back in 2019 when I was going through a lot of shit and I started to eat shit due to that fact that I was dealing with, you know, various things, whether it was harassment and other things. And I just kind of, you know, gave up at that point and almost lost my life in the process. So, I mean, I don't have regrets in that sense because it's a lesson, but I veered off the path and thankfully the creator spirit and angels and spirit team cared about me enough to put me back on the path. But some people get off of it, lose their lives. Some people get off of it and die early. Some people don't do their purpose because of what people have done and said. And for that, that can cause extreme regret. You know, when people get older and they just don't want to fulfill their purpose and they're not really in tune with spirituality. So they just, continue on about life. There's so many people who are working these jobs that they absolutely hate because they are trying to make ends meet, but they're not doing their purpose. And I'm pretty sure they will have regrets. So what I want you to do is discover is to do what you love doing so you can avoid feeling regret. And absolutely Everything happens for a reason and what's meant to be is going to be. So what happened in this lifetime was meant to happen, but there's another lifetime. You may have to come back again on this earth to fulfill your purpose. We are recycled beings on this planet. And that's why our um, souls or spirits, I don't know how it works, our souls come back to fulfill a purpose so it's like, yes, regret is worse because you're going to have to come back and fulfill it. Um, and you're not getting fulfillment because you're not doing your purpose. Your purpose is your fulfillment. Your purpose is your purpose leads you to your ultimate destiny, which is in some way, shape or form here to heal the planet. So 
that's that's what I'm saying. So have getting to the root as to who said what, who did what, and where that stemmed from. Maybe you had an overbearing, overprotective mom or overprotective, overbearing dad who told you at an early age, like I said in another episode, don't touch the stove. And now when it comes to making decisions, you have that don't touch the stove mentality, right? Because although they were trying to protect you, they didn't show you how to be independent. They didn't show you that sometimes it's okay to touch the stove, like not the actual stove, but it's okay to touch the stove when making life decisions. It's okay to touch the stove when it comes to doing what you love. But if you grew up in a, in a household where it was heavily pushed to do a corporate job or it was heavily pushed to be the, the good old boy or the good old girl, you know, where you just don't really become a bother in society. You're not the rebel. You're just like the, you know, I'm just going to fit in with society type person. You're most likely not doing your purpose. You're people pleasing, which is a, a fear, essentially. It's a fear of what people think. Because if you veer off, then you might lose people. Then that becomes a worry of yours and it'll cause you to stress eat. It might be causing you to stress eat now because you want to do your purpose, but you're scared what people think. So some of you are in the in-between. And I think that's going to be for you to decide. So what I want you to leave this episode with is that fear is not serving you any good Fear is not serving you any good. It all comes down to if you were to do it and someone were to say something against what you're doing, would that matter? That's how you know you're not fearful anymore. If someone didn't like what you were doing and they told you, would you internalize that or would you transmute that and continue to do what you're doing knowing that you are doing your purpose. This is why I stress purpose, not to cause stress. I stress purpose because when you're here to fulfill the, fill a purpose, can't nobody tell you nothing because your purpose was given to you by the creator, the spirit, and angels. It's like riding a car, okay? Your GPS is telling you to stay straight. If you veer off the road on the highway, you're going to crash, this is this is the same thing. If you veer if if you allow a beggarly element such as a person cuz we're all beggarly elements such as a person to come and tell you that's not what you're supposed to be doing. I think you're supposed to be doing this. You're going to keep crashing in life. They're going to constantly hold you back. They're going to constantly cause imbalance. And you know, it start. that's why I say all dis-ease, because dis-ease is imbalance. All dis-ease begins in the mind, the emotions, your heart, your gut, and your brain starts in those minds. And it takes physical form at the end of the day. And this is why you literally have imbalances because you are imbalanced. You're off your road. You're off the road now. You're off your purpose. Your car crashed. So it all comes down to you knowing what you want to do, you being guided, because there's a difference between being fearful and not being guided. Because sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't feel right about this. And you might get like a gut feeling. That's not you being fearful. That's your your spirit saying it's not the right time. So don't get that confused with nervousness, okay? 
but when you when it's a you'll know when it's the right time because it's a flow you won't give a fuck what anybody says like when I do when I read tarot cards or when I read crystals or when I just say stuff intuitively I don't give a fuck what anybody says I don't give a fuck if no one thinks that what I said was true I know that I know that I and yes I'm clapping in the background I know that I know what I said was told to me by the creator spirit and angels. And I shake the motherfucking dust off my feet at all times. I don't care about the backlash. I don't care. You could say whatever negativity, it doesn't penetrate me because I know that's my purpose. You're not going to tell me that I'm a bullshit health coach. You're not going to tell me that I'm a bullshit writer. You're not going to tell me that I'm a shit violinist. You're not going to tell me that I have a shitty podcast. You could say all of those things, but it's not going to penetrate me because I know that this is my purpose and I'm going to continue to do so. If someone tells you you're a shitty mom, are you going to give up your baby? No, that's your baby. Your purpose is your baby. So you have to hold on tight to that baby. That's yours. Don't let any motherfucking person take your purpose away from you and cause you to crash. And I'm going to leave you with that, lovely peacefuls. Have a wonderful, unfiltered day, and I will see you next week.